Welcome to season four. Welcome to season four of this most unbelievable podcast. We open season four with a confession. We don't have a plan. We have no idea what's going to show up. Our podcast and every season is our place of invention. It's where we go to think and learn with each other and to open dialogue with our listeners. We look forward to another season of brainstorming and surrendering to what unfolds. Thanks, y'all. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, Sherry. Hello, Paul. How are you today? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing I'm doing well. well. Do we always say that regardless of whether it's true? Like, it, this is part of our song and dance? Um, Maybe. 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 I mean, I mean I'm doing well. Yeah, um, I mean, nothing, I'm not lying. Yeah, I'm not lying. Uh, sometimes, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably a little more well than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I go through Maslow a little bit here, you know. Pretty well rested, mm-hmm. uh, well fed, mm-hmm. <laughs> physiological needs met. Uh, I can go up on the hierarchy towards yeah. self effectuation and all that other other stuff. I did allow um, you to yeah. have a bio break right before this. Yeah, recording. yeah, it's always yeah. a good idea. Turn devices off and have a bio break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay today. And I mean, it would be one thing uh, to start a podcast. Oh, Paul, how you doing? It's like, oh, lousy. Oh my god, can't believe that atrocious day i'm sure there are people that do that right like there's probably podcasts out there that are really just people airing their grievances for the day yeah yeah right let me tell you what sucks in my life and yeah i mean i I think the fact that we're here and able to record this thing we must be doing kind of okay so well i think we kind of maybe the name of our podcast puts a vote towards like we want most days to be fine or well, right? Like, yeah, this is most, right. you know, this most unbelievable life, not this most god-awful life. Yeah. And we don't say perfect, and we no. don't say easy, and we don't say... It's just like, the stuff that happens is just unbelievable, unbelievable. isn't it? Uh, it's just, right. you don't believe. I mean, it, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Yeah. You yeah, well, I up. mean, I think we had a conversation earlier where we saw... A number of things that we just couldn't have made up. Like, oh, like sometimes you and I end up on the same page. Sometimes it surprises both of us. Yeah, sometimes it surprises both of us. Let's start a podcast the week before a pandemic. You couldn't make this stuff up, you yeah. know. It, what a weird life. It uh, it's, it's an unbelievable thing we have. And uh, may it continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes not always be hard. Sometimes be easy and <laughs> joyful. And we, we, we bring it all in. So, yes. yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing Good. well. Good. All things, if not balanced, uh, not hitting the ground. So, uh, yeah. Well, at least as long as you have some good stuff in the good stuff column. Yeah. It makes yeah. it easier to handle the fact that you also get the bad stuff yeah. column. But, yeah. Here it is. Just a equanimity right there. That's right. Yeah. Equanimity being the acceptance of that kind of stuff. As opposed to the chasing of one over the other. Yeah, you know, I found um, in the last week or so, I've been reconnecting with folks that I haven't talked to in a little bit. Um, Just kind of reaching out and checking on some folks I haven't heard from. And people, when they ask me how things are going or how I am, I've been finding uh, that my response to that question has been very honest. I've been just saying, well, you know, you get a little of everything in life. Yeah, you get a little... (laughs) Of everything, yeah. So, so there it is. Yeah. Yeah, you do, and I don't think uh, I don't think you have a choice. Really. No, no. It's 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 the river in which we find ourselves in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Let's float on. Float on. Mm-hmm. What are we floating on about today? Uh you already want to get to that? Uh, we can hang tough for a minute. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. Uh, Okay, folks, we're done here today. Uh, Tomorrow, look for our podcast about procrastination. About procrastination, yeah. That's so funny. Indeed. I was saying we should should release this like a day late next week just to make a point. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, we recorded this and we didn't get around to it. Um, But I... Procrastination is such an interesting topic. Um, do you consider yourself a procrastinator, Paul? Through and through. 
through and through. 100. And like, I think that that is one of my strongest identities, actually. Yeah. Um, In fact, a lot of times when I teach my classes, I do like some pretty specific targeted lessons about procrastination. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my students, like, I cannot tell you that you should um, write your papers early and not wait until the last minute. Because literally everything I do for you as a teacher, yeah. I do last minute. At the last minute. So I look back in my own life. It's like every great thing that I did that was of value, I did like just before the clock struck midnight, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, walking to the campus registrar to turn in my dissertation 20 minutes before the noon deadline for dissertations. That qu- You know, it's like this yeah. kind of stuff, printing at four o'clock in the morning. Or maybe Things writing your master's thesis like the weekend it's due. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I didn't so. do that, but someone. <laughs> I've heard it. We've all heard of people that do wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. Why we why why is this a topic for this week? Do you have uh, do you have something happen or? Well, I was just putting off coming up with better topics, so I was like, yeah. why not? No. <laughs> well, uh, I think that this is maybe this is always on my mind at the beginning of a semester in Mm -hmm. part because um, there's always more work that I could have done as a teacher Mm -hmm. to prepare. Um, And I am not always as proactive in getting that work done as I might be. Um, I also... Um, have been having a lot of conversations with people in my life who are experiencing struggles with procrastination. Lots mm-hmm. of people in my life, like, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe uh, my students, maybe my good friends, maybe my podcast co-hosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those show notes for the episode that went out today were written about an hour ago, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm procrastinating on this. I think I started the conversation, you know, this morning. It's like there are no show notes. We still need to come up with those. Yeah. This hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So what have you let's 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 have a little confessional here. What kinds okay. of things have you been procrastinating about, Paul? Yeah, that that I'll share mine too. That I think this is not the first time when I've said on a Tuesday, you know what? We I we're still waiting on some show notes for this, aren't we? I can knock those out. Um some of the other recordings uh, that I we are doing mm-hmm. right for the the workshop coming up, I felt like I put that off a little bit longer than. Um, but see, I already am like doing some self judgment here. I, I put those off a little longer than I wanted to. Um, uh, I find myself with less time between now and when I need something done than I would prefer in the general on a couple of things, but. I mean, what what my life has told me is like everything is going to get done. It's going to be fine. You know, I'm I'm less interested in labeling myself a procrastinator and trying to solve that than what I think the advantage of doing things in advance would be. Because it's like, I really don't want to wait until the last minute to do something, but I really don't have any idea why or what that would afford me that is so good to have anyway. I mean, aside from the only thing I can really chalk up to is like, oh man, it, it's it's nice to stop thinking about it and not want to stress out. But, you know, I sort of think that that would probably just be replaced by something else, something else to stress out over about. So I don't even know if that's even a real yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't even know what the, what the good of not procrastinating is. So when I say, oh, I'm a procrastinator and I really want to not do that anymore, I'm not sure what the what the what the bennies actually are on on doing something in a different way right well i think it's very interesting because so when we talk about procrastination um i think that the word has a negative connotation to it. oh totally it does right like um and so like you were just describing some value judgments but i think as yeah. soon as we evoke the word procrastination like we we're assuming something bad. We're assuming something negative. And I think procrastination maybe is always wrapped up in shoulds, right? Yeah. Like so if you're procrastinating, that means you should be doing something and instead you're not doing it. Yeah. Or shouldn't, which is the dark side of a should. Right. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And you, if you're procrastinating, you might be doing something you shouldn't be doing instead yeah. of doing the thing you should, you should right? Like right. there's all this stuff happening and then you've, you judge the activity that you're doing instead and the, blah, blah, blah. there are all yeah, these ways the rabbit hole we go, you know? to hate yourself for whatever your lived experience is. Yeah, you'll find something. You'll find something. Yeah. But I think sometimes when we say uh, that we're procrastinating, you know, I had a student stay with me after class last week and was like, mm-hmm. how can I, how can I stop procrastinating? Um, and so my response to that was tell me more about what your procrastination looks like, like what's actually going on. Um, and I think that there's a more interesting conversation about us as humans. If we look past the word and actually look at like, what is the nature of the things that we're putting off? Mm-hmm. And what's, what are the circumstances under which we're putting them off? Yeah, right. Like, right. are you actively avoiding something? Or are you telling yourself narratives about the thing that you feel like you should be doing that's keeping you from being able to face the thing? Yeah. And I, I've seen this my myself and, and many students and non-students who are people on this earth as as well and maybe on this and podcast. you know asking that same kind of question when when someone says you know i'm really procrastinating on this and um i don't want to do that and i got a little self they don't say you know i'm really having some self-judgment they really say oh, i wish i wouldn't do that I, I should i should do this sooner is usually how it comes out like you said a lot of the shoulds mm-hmm. and if you ask like walk me through your day what's going on to get us to, to where we are and what our thoughts are on this. It's like, well, I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning because, you know, it's the only time I have by myself before my kids get up and then I get them ready for internet school and then they're there all day and then I work all day and then, you know, the rest of the family gets home from wherever and we eat dinner and then, you know, we clean up around the house and get everything sorted and, and then we get everybody down to bed and I'm ready to do my homework and it's about 1130 at night at this point and so I'm ready to go and I just really don't know why I can't actually do that thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you're not procrastinating. You're exhausted. Yeah. The day's over, you know, it's like, it's, it's not procrastination. It's exhaustion. Right. Well, yeah. So I think, you know, we use procrastination as a convenient term that keeps us from like really examining the lived conditions that lead to less time on task. Yeah. And this is something that we covered in the 40 day workshop, right? Mm-hmm. What's on your plate? You know, yeah. what, is, what is the stuff that's on your plate? And is it already full? Mm-hmm. And that's the realization that if you would like something else on your plate, uh, you might have to take something else off. Right. Um, and that's hard. Um, that is really hard. That that requires a little bit of accounting mm-hmm. of well, what's on your plate and a little awareness of that to see what's what's going on. But, you know, to circle back, you know, I did. You know, I, I heard what you were saying about how it's it's such a negative connotation to it. And I had an experience with my class uh, this semester where mm-hmm. I, you know, it was a simple question, simple, ha, huh, none of these questions are simple. What habit, you know, do you have that will serve you well in this class and which one will, well, do you think maybe won't serve you so, so hot? Um, and you know, the good ones, the active listener, they like to write, um, they like to participate in discussion. Oh, great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but at least two thirds, maybe three fourths of them would say a bad habit that I have is that I procrastinate and I'm, I'm trying to not do that. And they're, they're doing a couple of things. Overwhelmingly, they were saying procrastination is the thing. Mm-hmm. But the other thing they were, they were saying is they do bring that self judgment in and they're not saying, one habit that's not going to serve me well is, you know, I tend to wait until things are really close to the due date before I do them. They say a bad habit is procrastination. And it's like they're taking what's not going to serve me and converting that into bad and then using that to sort of flog themselves with it. It's like, I didn't say bad habit. I just, what one that's not serving you so hot, do you think? Um, right. And and so you can see this, this like they're like predisposing themselves to procrastination being a negative thing, which it's not always it's not always a negative thing. Right. Um, there can be positive cases of procrastination and just kind of seeing it as this blanket bad thing that they need to not do or get over it. And if they do it, then there's something wrong with them and they're doing something the wrong way. And none of those things are necessarily true. Right. And yeah, I think um, 
the term itself like maybe warrants a little more investigation right yeah. like yeah. right before we logged on we were on the oxford english dictionary which is you know where paul and i like to spend our yeah <laughs> our time our okay time, maybe yeah. just me and then i drag paul there and because he i'm there more me. often than you think you know oh good 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 um but we you know we were checking out the word procrastination on the oed and um you know if we are looking at where this term actually comes from you know we can look at some etymology and we can look at how it comes from latin but we can also like they have this nice turn of phrase there about how um what was what was the word uh was it cr- the the actual root being Crest, like crustine yeah crustinus um so actually means belonging to tomorrow and so mm. like that notion um in and of itself i feel like is not a negative thing necessarily like no. of course we don't want to live uh too much in our future but there are things that really we can set down and allow to belong to tomorrow. Yeah, right. Um, And I know this is one of the things that I'm coming to accept about myself is a lot of times I am the most productive and creative in the first three hours after I wake up. Mm -hmm. And I used to think I was a night owl, um, but what would really happen is I would push myself to work at night and I would like torture myself because that's actually not when I am best or most productive. Right. And so instead I will sometimes allow tasks to belong to tomorrow. Yeah. As an act of grace. As an act of grace. Right. Like, and there have been times that like, even with the subject of our show notes, right. Like I have said things to you, like, I will write those, but it will happen tomorrow morning. Yeah. And that is procrastination, but it's also procrastination done out of mercy to myself. Yeah. Like I am going to actively choose to witness what I can and can't do today and let that belong tomorrow. Yeah. It, it when, when, when it's on the back end of an assessment of what is currently on your plate for for today and you make an informed and conscientious decision in your own personal best interest for this to be something that is um, addressed tomorrow after a good night's sleep and a hot meal not necessarily in that order um procrastination sort of loses its teeth a little bit as as a concept and it goes from something that is oh, this is bad and I have to not do it and all the connotation associated with it to something that is, is, is a little kinder. Yeah. Can be part of your vocabulary that you can work in as um, not a negative thing. It's mm-hmm. like, these are the things I'm going to do today and these are the things that are, I'm going to procrastinate. These are the things that are going to belong to tomorrow. Right. But, you know, I don't think um, that a lot of times when pro- when people talk about procrastination coming and getting them, it's not necessarily because the procrastination itself is the problem. Mm-hmm. I actually think sometimes, especially for students, it comes from uh, the lies we tell ourselves about yeah. our future selves. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I know I used to do this in college. I would be like, okay, so right now I'm in the middle of the week. And I'm super stressed out and I'm super tired and I haven't eaten like in three days. Um, So I can't do it now. But this weekend, future Sherry is going to be well rested. She's going to be well adjusted. And she's going to be so excited to write this paper. And it's lies. Because by the time I get to future Sherry... She's got all the stuff that future Sherry has to do, plus all the shit that past yeah. Sherry didn't bother to do, right. Right. right? And so I think one of the things that I often talk to my students about regarding procrastination is that you we have to be kind to ourselves, and that includes being kind to future us. Because future yeah. you hasn't done anything wrong, and they don't deserve your abuse. Yeah, we can ask ourselves, is future Paul going to appreciate this? Or is he just going to be resentful towards past Paul for 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 not just 
doing this doing this now yeah and that fits into this conversation about procrastination a little bit and i think in the in the part of the conversation about um an honest assessment about what is being asked of you today and and where your time and energies go because when you when you think about what's on my calendar today and you start kind of filling stuff in i mean we have this phrase that we use that you know love is not pie, but but time is pie. I mean, there are only so many hours of the day and you can really only do one honest thing at a time well. Right. Um, occasionally it feels like you're doing zero good things at a time mm-hmm. well, but that's part of what's on your plate as well. Because when we put things on our calendar, this can, this thing can be an hour or two hours on your calendar and this other thing could be an hour or two hours. Not all of these things are created equally. Each of those can attach to an emotional or an energy budget or an interest budget or what it is. You know, you can do five hours worth of stuff that is uplifting and energizing or you can do four hours of stuff, which is exhausting mm-hmm. and you're ready to go at the end of one, but you're done at the end of the of the other. So it's more than just how much time do I have for this? It's and how much how much gas do I have left in the tank by the time that I get done with these these tasks. So when I would actually talk to people about this while making up your count like students who are in their last semester getting ready to graduate, they have recommendation letters they need to ask for they have applications they need to write. Mm -hmm. They don't want to end their last semester with a bunch of F's. So they still have to like study every once in a while and Mm -hmm. take a test and write a paper. All these things take some time. You write down all these things that you have to do and you organize them however you will on a dry erase board or in a notebook or in a bullet journal, whatever you sort of use. Each one of those on a scale of one to 10, how much how much mental energy is this going to take? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for each task, you have, you know, this balance of energy and hours. You can spend no more than 12 hours on stuff and you can not exceed 30 in the sum total of energetic investment that you have during the course of a day. And I just made those numbers up. It can vary from one day to the next, one person to the next. But it's not just about time. It's about other stuff too. Right. Um, how much energy do you have left? And... Yeah, I mean, you could stay up another two hours and write that paper, but it's already eleven thirty at night, and you're gassed. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's not going to happen. And if it does, it's it's not going to be good. It, you know, you you would have done better tomorrow mm-hmm. if tomorrow self will not be resentful towards past self for doing it. So a lot of it is is bringing a little kindness and compassion to yourself. On what are really the things to do today and what can be done tomorrow that I won't resent tomorrow for having to do them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, and I think tracking that resentment is super important. Mm-hmm. It's also, um, it's really useful to try to figure out the why behind the procrastination. Like, yeah. are we procrastinating because we really are like tapped out and have nothing left in the tank? Yeah, squeezed out, tapped out, yeah. Right. And for me, uh, a lot of times the things that I'm putting off, I'm not putting them off because I don't have the energy to work on them because I am working on them mentally, Mm -hmm. kind of without fail. Yeah. Um, But what's happening within my head is I'm talking to myself about how challenging the task might be, how big the task is. Uh, or how equipped or ill-equipped I feel to tackle it. And for me, that's what feeds the procrastination. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that um, I can't sit down and write this email. It's that every time I go to sit down to write this email, I have to think about all the things that I have to say in the email and the you know, the causes and conditions that led to the necessity of this email yeah, right. and how uh, the person who's receiving this email may or may not feel about me upon receiving the email. Yeah, how all of this could have been prevented. Right. You, and that's like all of just, this stuff you know. or, you know, um, working on workshop materials for the stuff we do. Um, and I will sit down and tell myself, well, you know, you're clearly completely unqualified. And when you sit down, you will have no <laughs> thoughts in your head. Um, and you'll spend time working on it and then you'll send it over to Paul and he'll be like, that's it. I quit. Timel's over. Yeah. This is the stupidest thing I've ever read. In my I life. can't you're believe completely you're the worst. unqualified. Yeah. How did, how did we get ourselves? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And so I think 
part of my own journey with procrastination has looked like realizing um, sometimes the goal is not to work on and complete the task. Sometimes it's to work on the task for 15 minutes. And sometimes the goal is to allow myself space to do the task imperfectly so that at least I can begin it. Yeah, right. Um, uh, for me, a lot of why I, uh, not, uh, let, me, let me start that over again. Um, I don't know if it's a lot. Um, one thing that I had been noticing lately, especially with some, some work, workshop materials and just some writing in general that's going to go out into the world, is uh, kind of similar first cousin maybe to what you were saying it's like ah this is stupid this is this is not worth you know i, I want to make sure i do it well it's actually in the service of other people so i want to make sure that they're getting the best of me i, I want to make sure that you know that how do i so what what pieces do i have to move on this chessboard and to where to be my best self so to speak um when i do this kind of thing it all just seems like doubt to me you know to self-doubt mm-hmm. you know is sort of the hill so if, if I'm on one side of the hill and getting start not even finishing the thing, getting started on the actual thing itself is on the other side of this hill, what's this hill? And it, a lot of time it is doubt. And mm-hmm. I say just doubt, like it's easy or simple or something. Oh, no, it can be the, a mountain range. Yeah. You know, can can be that doubt. But when you think about it, it's it's doubt. It's doubt. And when I when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, you know, I have this paper – I have this paper due at the end of the week. I need to finish it. It's like that might not necessarily be the hard thing to do. Like you were saying, the hard thing might be starting it. Mm-hmm. Starting it is the hard. It's like once you re- once you get started, maybe you realize you can roll with it and a lot of that doubt is going away. Um, the hardest part for many people of, of distance running is not the last step over the finish line. It's the first step out the door. Right. That's the hard one. I mean, once you get out there, it's like, well, I'm already here. I might as well keep going. Uh, well, 28 more miles. Uh, go. Uh, well, I'm already, I've already done 15. Might as well keep going. Right. It's the first step out the door that is the, the hardest one. And all of this stuff that you have to do, right, to finish this project or do this, finish this assignment or whatever, that all gets tied up in this connotation of procrastination. It's like, don't worry about all the stuff you have to do on the next day or the day after that or the day after that or the due date or or any of that kind of stuff. What is the first thing that you have to do to make progress on this? What is the smallest, tiniest, most incremental thing Mm -hmm. that you can do? And it might be nothing more than if the only thing I have to do today is open Canvas and click on it. Open Open the textbook to the right page. Get out a piece of paper and sharpen a pencil. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is the single most tiniest next thing to do um, in order to make progress on this thing that you feel like you're putting off? Because mm-hmm. if a paper takes two hours, it doesn't take two hours. It takes 15 minutes eight times. It takes a half an hour four times, right? You can parse out that time however you'd like right. based on your own schedule. But it's like, what is the smallest increment of the next thing that I have to do in order to make some progress? And after that point, uh, we, we do that again and we line them up. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you got a finished product on your hands and you're done. Um, right. And I mean, and sometimes all we have to do is trick ourselves into starting. Yeah. Right? Like, um, and it does sometimes feel like trickery. Um, oh, it totally does. Yeah. Um, so for for me, sometimes I start with the thing that feels the least like work. Like, I'm not writing a paper. I'm just, I'm just working on a works cited yeah. page. I'm just going to, I'm just going to organize all my sources. I'm just going to remember who I looked at. And then I'm just going to put it in a works cited page. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I now I remember I did enjoy reading that source. Maybe maybe I'll just write a paragraph about that source. Okay, that's fine. I'm not writing a paper. Like, I will I will try to t- convince myself I'm not doing the task. I'm just doing a thing around the edges, sort of related. Yeah, right. Um, for I'm some not going for a run. I'm just going to put my shoes on, and then I'm just going to go check the mail. Yep. And yeah. after that, well, I'm already outside, so I might as well take a walk for a couple of minutes and see what the see what the trees are doing, see what's going on in the neighborhood. The next thing you know, a little jogging wouldn't hurt. A little jogging wouldn't help. Maybe I'll see if I can get there a little quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Next thing you know, yeah, you're there I mean, you know, yeah, you know, a lot of um, 
when I was in grad school, um, people, that was kind of when I started really getting into visual rhetoric stuff. Um, and I started developing the working theory that if your materials look good, no one cares if what you say is stupid. Right. Um, and the right. way I s- sort I've of developed that. that working theory yeah. is that's how I tricked myself into working on stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to make some pretty PowerPoint slides. It doesn't matter if I have anything to say. I'll just make pretty slides. Um, and then eventually that would trick me into doing the, the work. And even with our workshop materials, if I'm really, really, I think you saw the product of this. Yeah. If I'm really, really anxious about what I can bring to the table, I will overdo it in terms of visual design. Um, because that's where I'm safe. That's like, yeah, oh. comfortable. Yeah, it's a little more comfortable. Right. It's like, because it doesn't matter what I add, Paul will just be like, oh, it's so pretty. I'm yeah, like, being yes, lousy. Thank you for noticing. Being lousy at visual design and graphics, it's like, wow, that's amazing. What'd you do? It's like, I, it literally took 10 minutes. It's like, it took you 10 minutes. It did not take me 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. So, but it's, it, it's, it is, um, it, it's kind of like an interesting exercise to try to figure out, like, um, if the more you are aware of what your brain is trying to avoid, what can you trick it into doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And the, the task itself is, is too big to comprehend, but the next little thing is not. Yeah. Um, I mean, football analogies, Super Bowl's coming up, I think, right? I think we get Tom Brady again. Um, I mean, the goal was a touchdown. that have pucks. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, You can flip this. Like, I mean, the the object. You want to get a touchdown, and you know you're at the twenty yard line. You know you don't have to get eighty yards. You have to get ten in the next four shots. You know, right, right. (laughs) You know, and then do it again, and and so it's like, what is the what is the smallest incremental next thing? And that's something that I would recommend Mm -hmm. to students who. are suffering from this for one reason or another, right? If it really is, I mean, and and I'm going to short sort of shortcut a little sidebar here for a second. We can come back to it on, you know, am I procrastinating or I do? Do I really just not want to do it? Right. Um, and that's a that's a different conversation. You know, when thinking about any of these assignments, it's not a bad idea. What is the next thing for me to do? Just the smallest, simplest next thing that might not look like the finished product, but looks like the doing of what is going to have to happen in order to get there. And just do that. And then reassess. Mm-hmm. Do you still got gas in the tank? Do you still got what you need? Do you still feel like you can get a little more out of you? Cool. If so, do the next littlest tiny thing. Rinse and repeat. And mm-hmm. of course, this does assume that this is something that you actually do want to do. If you if you have this thing that's due in a couple of days and you find yourself just not doing it with, you know, ample time and energy and resources in order to do it, then that's a different kind of assessment on right. the, is this coming from me? Is this really in my vision and my purpose in my life as I see it now? I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, um, is this meaningful to me or what's, what's preventing me within myself from doing this if I do have everything, but I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And that can be sort of shortcut as, well, I just don't want to do it because I hate it. And, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel terrible. And I'd rather spend my time doing something else. Then the conversation is, well, let's learn how to say no. And, you know, that's, that's learn how to say no to whomever asked for this, that I had the option to say no to, or, is doing this the right thing for me to be doing with my life right now? Or is my mind in my spirit and my heart in other places? Right. Well, and I think, you know, for me, that was, it was kind of a hard realization. Um, when I was an undergrad, I really loved writing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I used to joke that I loved to have written more than I liked writing yeah, because right. I would definitely put off until yeah. the very end. But once I click into flow, um, there are few things I get more joy out of um, than when something really clicks in my head and I, it just kind of like pours forth. Yeah. That is like, mm, that is everything for me. But somewhere along the way, I lost that joy. Mm. And, um, and even my Instagram name, you know, for years and years and years was writer's block. Right. And I started to develop this really uh, negative relationship with writing. Um, 
And so I used to talk about writing like it was this thing that I hated but happened to be good at. Um, and I realized sort of recently, it's not that I hate writing. It's that I hate writing journal articles. Yeah. Writing academic pieces for academic audiences feels like death to me. Yeah. Is there something else you could write? Yeah, that's what I was like. But this is all I'm good for. Yeah. I have this PhD. That means I can only write in one Yeah, genre. limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. Beliefs that limit you. Beliefs about yourself that limit us. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what, what's interesting about that is like um, the genres we write in shape our way of being in the world, right? And so... Mm. Um, some of the things that people procrastinate about in schooling or even out of schooling are really related to the kinds of writing and the kinds of communication we have to do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's so sometimes like professionally, it's like, I am really dreading writing this email. I can't write this email. Yeah. I'm just going to call this person and get this out of the way. Stuck is stuck on the email side of it. Yeah. Like maybe there another, is there another way to do this? Yeah, is there another way to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Can I text message this? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, the, yeah, these limiting beliefs are, are all over the place. And some folks, I mean, one of the, I mean, a longer term procrastination that I see a lot uh, as an educator is um, people wait, people wait um, in their degree programs to register into math courses. Yes. Yeah, they, they kick them down the road as long and hard as they can a lot of times mm-hmm. um, until they are so begrudgingly putting them on their schedule because they want to graduate and they're not going to do it until they do that, you know. Um, and it, it, again, you know, kind of speaks to this nature of some limiting beliefs. It's like, well, I'm a social science major or I'm a humanities major. I'm not good at math. It's like, is that true? Is that true? Um, I'm not good at math, so I'm going to wait to take it. Um, and that sounds like a affirmative plan of based on self awareness. It it, it it and you know because it's like oh I know myself and I'm not good at mathematics and I struggle with that and I'm not going to be it's not going to be a center point in my life. Well, not if you don't know about it, it's not. Um, and uh, therefore, I'm doing a wise and kind thing by putting that off until more relevant things have been addressed in my life, such as composition and some of your classes, perhaps. Um, but the entire premise of that might be entirely and completely false. Well, I think it's so interesting because, like, there actually is no diagnosis bad at math. Bad yeah. At, you right. know, like, right. so even with folks, um, you know, who come to off us with accommodations right like you know there's lots of different people of learning needs right and who may struggle with certain kinds of you know learning environments yeah of course like but like inherently perpetually forevermore bad at math yeah yeah, no, there's more going on to that. Same yeah. thing with bad at reading or bad at writing. Um, there's more texture to what those problems are. And what, you know, like my kindergarten report card said I had word attack problems. Word attack. I don't know that? why I was supposed to be attacking words yeah. in the first place. Promoting violence at a young so age. So aggressive, right? I don't even know what that means. Um. It means that, and I still have word attack problems, as a matter of fact. Uh, if I come upon a word and I don't know it, I hesitate. Hmm. Hesitate in what? So, like, if I'm reading a sentence aloud, when I come upon a word that I don't know how to pronounce or read or don't know what it is, I uh-huh. pause. Why is that a problem? Because it uh, disrupts your fluency. Well, if you don't know the right. word. And so here's an interesting thing about <laughs> readers. So there are a lot of people out there who who consider themselves very good readers. And they will read all the words aloud to you. Yeah. And it will sound beautiful. 
And then when they're done, you'll say, uh-huh, what did you just tell me about? And they will have no clue. No idea. Yeah. They have no idea because they're performing the act of reading. Um, but I can't, um, I just don't prefer to operate that way. So right. if I come across something I don't know, I stop and want to know more. Yeah. And that can only not be a problem, I would think. It can become a problem in certain contexts. It can become a real opportunity in a lot of others, right? So as soon as I got to college and being a person who pauses and gets really super fixated on words that I don't mm. know, uh, yeah, that made me a very good English major. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. I was going to say. Yeah. So, I mean, why did we hop on the OED right before this call? Because Sherry has word attack problems. It's like, I don't even know what that word means. Like the root word, procrastinate. It's like, I, I don't know the... Yeah. Which, I've we never seen know. that root before in any other word besides this one. It's like, I don't know what this, Yeah, I don't know what this word actually means. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, it's interesting because like, I have a lot of pronunciation problems. I'm, I, I pronounce words wrong all the time. Um, I'm a really, really slow reader. You know, I, yeah. like I sub words for other words. Like ugh, I have so many things <laughs> that I could hate on myself for related yeah. to language. Yeah. But I also have three freaking degrees in the language. Yeah, like, right. And so every time someone uh, tells me that they can't do a thing because X, Y, or Z, I'm like, could we go back to that for more investigation? Because, like, I have three degrees in English. I'm really bad at language, but I'm awesome at math. I make no sense. Clearly, you're doing something right. Clearly, you're doing something I'm right. a lot better at math. Yeah, math is a funny thing, you know, and funny funny in how it's... Do you have number attack problems? I, I, I don't think I do. I don't know if uh, that's a thing. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, used to, I used to be good at math until I wasn't, until I was again. And it, it's, I have this kind of weird history with, with math. I think I, 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 I hit the bottom of the valley probably in my early years of college, and then I... My, had a math minor for my bachelor's degree so it's like something happened in that i don't know um so it was good what was your favorite math oh my favorite math probably stats Mm, yeah yeah probabilistics and stats um, was probably my favorite uh i wonder how many listeners we just lost by me saying that um well, I was saying, like, it tracks because, like, you and I are like, how many downloads have we gotten today? Yeah, how many, What's yeah. our percent increase? Yeah, multivariate statistics, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I've always really dug. Um, so then which maths do you not like as much? Uh, I was never, believe this or not, right? Uh, I was never great at symbolic logic. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I do recall, I mean, I would, I know that I'm, it's, it's very different now, but the because it's like I, I developed a little more of an intuition around it, but um, I I did not like proofs in geometry. <sighs> You're breaking uh, my heart, Paul. Well, I, I do now. Uh, <laughs> Those are my favorite. <laughs> not like not like I sit around all day and do ge- geometry proofs, you know. But it's like, yeah, I I can totally, you know, it, it totally makes sense now, and I can totally dig it. But man, at the time, it was like, oh, this is not good. Well, I asked in part I because I was this. wondering if based on what I know about you and visuals, whether you struggled more with geometry. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Trig. I didn't love trig. Mm. Uh, I almost said, but who really loves trig? But I do know a couple of people who really do. Um, And we're not going to name people today, but (laughs) I don't understand that. Uh, Trig, yeah, that might have superseded... uh, proofs in geometry though so what what do i do right i I put i put that stuff off because you know i have these beliefs about my own abilities with mathematics and uh at the time and what i'm good at and what i'm not good at you know i have to do this thing i really hate it and and it's in in that case that that hill to to over overcome or that hill to to get over to doing the next thing is just you know this limiting belief of I'm just not good at it. And so I don't want to confront that because I'm not going to like what it feels like when I'm faced with my own in, inability or weakness or lack of understanding. Because if I'm reading this book or I'm going to this lecture or trying to do this homework 
and I find it a challenge. What does that say about me? And then I have to like adjust my own sense of self-expectation and self-worth and value and all that because, uh, well, I guess I'm just lousy at math. And, you know, I throw my hands up and I draw this conclusion and that conclusion that is, is based on a couple of experiences that might not have gone the way that I wanted them to has now become uh, a, a, a rule that I live my life by that's a conclusion based in fact that uh, it's just something I have to settle for for the rest of my life. And that's just absolutely not true. Let's try this again. Let's take a different approach. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's look at this whole sine cosine thing in a different way and see if that might help. Um, it, 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 it frustrates me sometimes in higher education and middle education and early education, <laughs> all in, in between schooling. sometimes yeah. where um, so little of an experience goes into what students will then take to be such a huge overarching theme in their life that dominates their decisions later on in life. Um, this one, I, I had this one experience with writing when I was a freshman in, in college and uh, it was not a positive one. So for the next 15 years, I suck at writing. And so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gives a lot of power to little experiences like that that may or may not be an honest assessment of a, a true ability or a true ability to learn if it's not innate or whatever that even means, which we're not going to unpack. But um, this it was like, why do you hate math? It's like, well, this one thing happened on this one day. I think it was a Thursday in 1987. And I was in middle school. I was in a high school. And uh, this one person said this one thing. And I did this. And I got it wrong. And then ever since then, I just hated it. And it's like, well. Right. Well, and do I recall correctly? Maybe this is too much outing of, like, Paul's personal laundry. But do I recall <laughs> that... You were once in a developmental English class? Yeah, I was. Yeah, when I started as an undergrad, um, I placed into developmental English. Mm -hmm. um, I could talk real fancy, but I couldn't write. Uh, uh, this, this, that experience of not being able to write coming, you know, four years, three years on the heels of a bad experience in high school with, with the writing thing. And I was like, you know what, this is stupid. I'm just going to take shop in a bunch of science classes. And uh, not even touch the the other elective stuff that was writing centered because, well, I just found out I was bad at it. Why even try? Mm. Um, and so it's not like I was a bad writer. I was unskilled. I, I was unpracticed. I didn't do it a lot. I I think all my sentences had nouns and verbs and punctuation. But, you know, the paragraph structure, um, all this kind of nuanced stuff that that ref represents I'm not gonna say a great writer but functional writing um for people for for the masses sort of and I'm, I'm glossing over a lot of stuff by saying this you know I mean I'm the one person in this conversation that should not be talking about this um was was just unpracticed and and that showed in the 45 minute writing sample that I gave as an undergraduate, which then dictated the next three years of my life in my history of, of writing. I wouldn't say that I became a really a good writer until PhD program in the University of California when my graduate advisor, you know, essentially beat you like a rented mule uh, in terms of learning how to write. It's like, well, do it again. All right, cool. Right. And it's, you learn how to write quick when the stakes are higher, when it comes from your heart. And um, that was something that I really did want to do that did involve a lot of writing. And I figured it out pretty quick mm -hmm. at that point. You know, so people are like, oh, Paul, you're a good writer. It's like, oh, it was a long road to hoe, man. Uh, that was a journey. That was not a born with it kind of thing. Yeah. And when it became something that I wanted to do that was from my heart, I figured it out pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, I just think it's... It's an interesting sign of how the universe works that uh, someone who placed into developmental English once upon a time was like, I mean, I just think it's important to acknowledge like you could have been a person who was like, okay, cool. I'm a scientist. I'm bad at writing. And now we're done here. Yeah, um, right. But because that wasn't your path, like now, you know, the the interesting thing about the universe is that now you are my favorite writing partner, despite yeah. the fact that I have written 
with people who literally have PhDs in this. Um, but yeah, that, that there's something else to it. I think like, um, yeah, like maybe, maybe the, the texture of like, are we good at it or are we bad at it becomes less important, uh, than is this something I really want? Yeah. yeah. And if it is, you can figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so this gets back to why am I procrastinating on this? And sometimes that can just be because this is just not in my heart. Mm-hmm. My heart's not in it. Yeah. Um, I got something else on my mind. My, I want to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And addressing that requires a little self-reflection and a little bit of honesty. Yeah. With uh, other parties that are other parties that might be involved and mm-hmm. how that conversation goes is usually not as bad as we imagine it will go. Right. I do think the other side of it, though, is sometimes your heart is so into it. Your, your heart is so into it that you procrastinate because it feels so vast. I want this Pro- so mm. bad. Yeah. Um, a, a tendency to or a desire to do it the best and because you love it and do it perfectly prevents starting mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. I've done that too. You know, it's like this is what, you know, there's that Bill Clinton used to say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I think Brene Brown says that. Is it Brene Brown? Yeah. Well, a lot of people should say it, I think, because I think it's true. I just should it literally everyone. Yeah. Um, it, it, it can be true, you know, if, if you don't start something until it's going to be, until it's going to end perfect, it's not going to get started. Yeah. It's not going to get started or it's going to be incredibly difficult to begin if you're waiting until it's going to be done perfectly. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so many things are never perfect the first time and yet we keep doing things you know it's kind of like you know pancakes you know that first pancake is miserable yeah the dog usually gets that one right if there's a dog in the house i mean you you just throw it out the back to the squirrels or something no you the chef should eat it i mean come on that's your treat for the labor yeah. Um, I'm thinking about this because I think I'm going to make some almond flour pancakes for, for dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, part of this is like getting really comfortable with, um, you know, the, the wobbly first steps. You know, if, if we weren't okay with that, like, goodness knows, like, when kids learn to walk, like, little toddlers are not like, oh, I got to make this first step the perfect yeah. one. <laughs> they got the cameras out, you know. Right? We'd never walk. No. And and yet, we like, the kid that takes their first step and falls flat on their face, we still, like, clap. And then we're like, they did it. They did it. Every step counts, even if it's a wobbly one. Get back up. You know, um, if it's something that you know is going to happen and it's going to come out of you, get back up. What is the next smallest, tiniest little thing you can do to nudge the ball down the field, you know, to make progress on this? Um, And that is where modern um, product management and project management, Scrum, Agile methodologies to get into that, not any sort of detail can actually come into it, right? Get a Kanban board or a Scrum board out, you know, and it's like English paper, you know, that's your column. What are the parts of this? Get us get us some sticky notes and some sharpies out. Mm-hmm. You know, some colored pencils. Break it apart and do a bunch of little stuff. You know, um, the objective is to move the the sticky notes from the left to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, and when when they're all on the right column, you're done. Submit. And what what what's this, what's one of these things I can do now that can take five minutes? That's gonna start making progress on this. And I found that having a visual representation of that is helpful. Yeah. Um, Because it's like, then it it doesn't come, it it doesn't become, I need to turn this thing in on this deadline. It's because, okay, I need to get these sticky notes from right to left or Mm -hmm. left to right, you know? Yeah. And it's like the objective becomes the sticky note, not (laughs) my identity Mm -hmm. and self-judgment. Yeah. You know, I just got to get these sticky notes from left to right. That's all I have to do. Moved to sort of pandemic life, one of the first things I did was start really heavily relying on post-it notes yeah. to try to help myself feel like I was still making progress in the world. Yeah. Um. So I had different color sticky notes and 
every day at the beginning of the day, I would write like small tasks that I was going to do that would make me feel like I was a person in the world. And I would write them all on these post-it notes. And then at the end of the day, the post-it notes that I like for the tasks I accomplished, I didn't throw them away. Mm. I put them all on the back of my door so that by the end of the week, there was like this flutter of like color. And so because part of what I was telling myself was I haven't done anything all day. Yeah. And so instead, there would be all this like color that said, no, all that is what you've done. It's done. Yeah. And sometimes that. You know, it, it is sometimes important to have just these visual representations of, um, if not completion, progress. Yeah, and um, some even some a little bit of reward. Because mm-hmm. when I would work with some students on this, when we were in person and doing this kind of thing, uh, on Friday, come on in, you know what happens on Fridays? You get to take all the sticky notes off of the done column and put them in the trash. And it's like, yes, for a lot of them, that was the, the best part, you yeah. know, is the reward was... Uh, these things are done and I get to go through the physical act of taking this off of my to-do list and putting it in the recycle bin. But you know, the other thing that's present within that is community. And I think for me, sometimes the biggest catalyst to help me get through um, periods of procrastination is not going it alone. Mm. Um, So, Mm. The number of times, and Paul, we've talked about this probably a thousand times, like, if I just need to, like, get into my email and stare at my email for a few minutes, like, for some reason, I will ask a human to just sit next to me while I do my yeah, email. I've done that. I've done that, too. Um, Just, hey, watch me email people. This just is going to be boring for, for you, but it will be yeah. hugely just useful like, for yeah, me. Yeah, just, like, sit there for, like, five minutes, would you? That'd be great. Yeah. Um. And I have friends that sometimes, like, I'll call up and be like, uh, before we start talking... Uh, we're both probably avoiding something right now that could be done in five minutes. Uh, let's do the thing we're let's avoiding, and then we'll get to the real stuff. Yeah, I have a friend of mine uh, who was in the same meditation teacher training program that I was in. And um, she, her, part of her practice for a whole month was she's going to wake up in the morning, and before she does anything else, she's going to do that one thing that is the hardest thing that she's most resistant to. She's always going to do that first. Yes. And it's like she would say it was the best practice ever it was hard yeah but if nothing else happened the entire day she did that yeah you know i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna write that email that i i haven't been sending i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna start that paper that i need to write i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna call the the guy about my car that doesn't start or whatever you know um it's like just wake up in the morning and the first thing they would do is the thing that was the most resistant for them that was the thing they knew they had to do but they just didn't want to do it (laughs) because and it was just like don't think about it don't consider it don't you know investigate it in terms of a pros and cons just wake up and do it uh Right, because then you reward yourself with not having to spend the rest of the day saying, I got to do the thing. I got to do, do this. The thing. Yeah. You get so much mental energy back when you're not saying, I got to do that thing. I should really do that thing. Oh, my God, I need to do that thing. Oh, my God, the person who I need to do the thing for just emailed me. Oh, my God, I got to do the thing. Yeah, so I'm not going to check my email anymore because I don't want to get emailed about this thing. So I'm in denial now. And then when we go to bed at night, it's like, oh, I never did that thing. God, I should have done that thing. And then, you know, the next day person is going to resent previous day person. God, why do I have to do this now? Why didn't they just do it? You know, why didn't yeah. they just do it? It and, becomes like a whole complex, you know, like, and I'll, yeah. um, yeah, I'll avoid my email. I'll avoid, uh, you know, my phone. I'll avoid human yeah. people. Um, like, oh, I can't. Just do it. Yeah, yeah just do the thing. And then, just do yeah, the thing. Everything else gets easier. Or at least do the first part on the on the thing. I had a friend of mine who was, you know, uh, trying to sell a boat in in Missouri, you know, a few years ago. It was like, oh, God, you know, cleaning out a, a a storage locker, a big one, like a storage unit, I guess, that had a boat in it. It's like, oh, God, I got to sell this boat. And. Uh, she really wanted to sell it, and I, I i shouldn't say that I got tired of hearing about it, but I was like, okay, we're going to do this thing. Let's mm-hmm. work on this together. And it's like, you don't have to sell a boat. First thing you have to do is uh, make a sign. Can you make like an eight and a half by 11 little thing saying boat for sale with a picture of it and a dollar sign? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, do just do that. Do that. Nothing else. Yeah. We'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, print 10. Yeah. 
you know, uh, within three weeks, this boat was gone. You know, it's like, you don't need to sell it. You need to call this guy back who said, who left you a message. Just call him back and see when he wants to meet. It's like, okay, got it. Pick a time. Can you just pick a time? This Okay, perfect. We're going to do it next Thursday. You know, and it's like, again, it was like taking this, I need to sell this boat. And it's like, we're in, the one thing that we are not going to do, we are not going to sell this boat. We're going to do like 15 other tiny things and then the boat will be gone. Right. Um, as Bill Walsh says, you know, in his landmark book, uh, the score takes care of itself. Do all those little things that address what we need to do in order to do the best we can. And you don't have to worry about the score. The score sort of takes care of itself. Yeah. The assignment, the paper takes care of itself. Um, the big thing you have to do that you're so resistant to, that it's so hard to do, that's so procrastination worthy. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It takes care of itself. Just do these little other little things that are far easier to, to do. Never under any circumstances sell that boat. Just do these little things and the boat will be gone in two weeks. I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. The boat takes care of itself. I think we might have tried to offer some actual advice on what we've seen that people might be able to actually kind of latch onto here mm-hmm. if they're feeling that procrastination is a bad thing that they suffer from. Yeah, I think so. And if nothing else, if they need to procrastinate, they can always listen to the back catalog of all of our podcasts. Yeah. And if you're not ready to confront this uh, this podcast right now because you know you're a little resistant to procrastination, eh, listen to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> perhaps this podcast belongs to tomorrow maybe it belongs to tomorrow yeah maybe i mean even that alone i mean if we can't get over the negative connotation of the word procrastinate maybe we just don't say it just don't say the word right we don't need to unpack where that came from why spend our time in the past does yeah. this belong to tomorrow or is this mm-hmm. something for today just change your words yeah i say just like it's easy it's not right always but yeah try changing your words and see if that is this something for today or is this something for tomorrow? Well, and I think that there's something interesting in how will you talk about this phenomenon without using the word procrastination? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I do wonder if the word procrastination is a crutch that keeps us from actually facing what's happening. Uh-huh. Um, so instead of saying, oh, I'm procrastinating on my math homework, how else can you say... Um, what you're doing there with and don't just use a synonym like putting off yeah right like what's really happening there describe it without using the word right interesting things could pop up and you might learn something yeah what's the worst thing that can happen from getting started on this you know what's the unpacking resistance a little Mm -hmm. you know um and is that as scary as it really is going to be yeah Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I, Why you know, not? and because I had mentioned a second ago, um, not going it alone. Um, I also think sometimes for me, one of the other strategies is, uh, because my tendency is to avoid people when I am procrastinating related mm-hmm. to something related mm-hmm. to a human, um, It's not comfortable, but I am finding it is hugely productive to uh, purposefully summon the person that is responsible for the thing that I'm procrastinating about because um, if it's eating at me that much that I'm putting it off, a lot of times a conversation um, about the task can help me figure out either why I'm so blocked and putting it off. Uh, or help me reevaluate what their expectations are, because sometimes the expectation is internally sourced and not. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, because I was going to say, as you were saying that, for me, a lot of times that feels like a confession. You know, yeah. it feels like I'm confessing. It's like, because I mean, we started this morning. It's like, Sherry, I got to be honest with you. There are no show notes for this episode going out today. <laughs> I right. think I started. I think I opened with that. It's yeah, like not you... even good morning. It's like, hey, how you doing today? Guess what? There are no show notes. I haven't written them yet. I haven't even thought about it. Right. What do you and, want to do? You know. And so it's interesting do about your that. Worst. Do your worst. Confession, right? Is that a part of what that reveals is, oh, you think show notes are solely your responsibility. Oh, yeah. yeah let's let's think about that because that's not working for us. Yeah. Did you ask for help? Well, no. Right. <laughs> and this points to some other signposts in yeah, the Paul Fitzgerald other, other, experience. Yeah, other experiences inside, yeah. So yeah. So much to so much to 
unpack here, but yeah, it, it gets so instead of avoiding me and writing show notes, Paul logged on and said, ha, about those show notes. Yeah, about those show notes. Yeah. Alas. And then I was so mad at him that I hung up and never talked to him. Yeah. Podcast posted a couple hours ago, so. Yeah, we got it done. <laughs> and, you know, the, the frustrating thing, it's like it took me about a half an hour of, to, to, to knock that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing with that is like, we're in an interesting pattern with with show notes um, because of some other projects we work on. And um, show notes are like the easy thing for me to write. Yeah, right. And I'm like, dude, if you've been thinking about this, God, why didn't you text me? I would have written these three days ago. Right, right. Um, In 20 minutes, you know. (laughs) But instead of reaching out to me, Paul just sat there, ugh, gotta write these shit. Old habits die hard sometimes. Yeah. uh, it's easier for me to talk about your examples than mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My examples. There are plenty to pick from. So. Yeah. We won't <laughs> talk about how, how long I hung on to the first week of Brahma Vihara before even opening it. Because yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Clearly, yeah. I have nothing to offer this. Well, we've all done that. I mean, yeah. we've all done that. Ah, um, oh, the lies we tell ourselves. The lies. Limiting cool. beliefs. Right. Yeah. So. Well, awesome. let us not procrastinate on getting to dinner Yes, yes, let us do so. Sally forth. And I hope folks like this one. Yes. Right? Um, Interesting. Yeah, always is. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Thank you for offering your wisdom on this, too, because I knew you had a lot of experiences with um, students procrastinating and people procrastinating. And That's a kind way of saying. I don't want to say, I know you've had a lot of experience with procrastination. (laughs) Yeah. You're an experienced procrastinator. You've like, been doing this so well for so long, Let's talk about all the things so that you're long, doing Sherry. wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, join the club. Join the club. Right. Uh, uh, we have so. cookies. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Uh, thanks, Sherry. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. See Bye. everybody. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. Yes. Yes.